Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Arizona and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in Tempe, Arizona. The Arizona Cardinals had Kyler Murray at the stand and he went up and did his press conference and looked fantastic. Incredibly mature. Talked about the leadership role. Talked about knowing the offense and most importantly the fact that he feels ready and he's felt ready for weeks but understood taking it slow and making sure that he's ready to go. He will start against the Atlanta Falcons coming up this weekend Sunday at 2 o'clock. Coyotes a winner yesterday, or excuse me, a loser to the St. Louis Blues, two to one. Here's what's crazy. The Coyotes went one for two from uh, on all power plays. That's how they scored their goal. St. Louis, on the other hand, went 0 for seven. The Coyotes were fantastic on the penalty kill, including a one minute and 50 second five on three but they were terrible in trying to be able to turn that into an advantage and gain any of the momentum. They're now next on the road at Nashville, coming up Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Phoenix, or excuse me, U of A. U of A plays tonight. What a huge matchup. The biggest game of the preseason, basically before the Maui Invitational, are the Wildcats at Cameron Indoor Stadium, the legendary home of the Duke Blue Devils. That game tips off tonight, 5 o'clock. U of A on the football field. They'll be taking on Colorado in Boulder. Kickoff for that game is at noon. Suns, they're in action tonight. They're home against the Los Angeles Lakers. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock, but get ready. Tonight is a crucial matchup in pool play for the NBA in-season tournament. I just think it's pretty cool that it's Suns-Lakers. I'm fine alone with that. ASU, they've got two games just like the uh, just like U of A does. ASU's at home at 1.30 against Texas Southern, basketball court style. Then, gridiron, ASU is on the road in the Rose Bowl. Kickoff coming up at 7 o'clock. There's also the big matchup, the huge matchup for the championship. The Phoenix Rising, they're on the road at Charleston Battery. They're going to play Sunday night. The game will actually be televised at 5 o'clock on ESPN, national television audience for Phoenix Rising on their trip to win a championship. Yesterday's Doug Franz Unplugged, Bobby Dooley, president and general manager, talked about the growth and the rise and coming to together of the Phoenix Rising and the key for them in this postseason has been their bench and the way Juan Guerra has been able to manage his substitutions and lead the team to a potential championship almost every goal this postseason has been scored by a member of, of the bench and by using substitutes be able to get this victory they take on a Charleston team that conveniently enough or maybe even in a paradox kind of way took on Charleston in game one of the season and they were highly successful in being able to accomplish what they needed to in that game we'll see what they can do in the championship and finally ah, 
Would you like to meet Captain Dave Dillon? You see, Sheriff Janice Magnum has decided she's going to be stepping down from her post. So she's no longer running for sheriff in Jefferson, Georgia. So the two men running, Captain Dave Dillon and Kevin Cox. Well, Kevin Cox noticed something extremely strange about his desk. About two or three times a month, things on his desk were moved around. So he installed a camera in his office. And Captain Dave Dillon continually snuck into his desk and took pictures of his calendar and things inside the office, unlocking the door with the master key. He says it was not politically motivated against his rival. The sheriff said, you're fired. Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander in chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to unplugged at whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tea time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off, plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat. You walk over for happy hour with your wife. You might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime. Or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. If you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen for the food, you're going to be shocked what a great bar it is. And if you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen because you want to experience a great country bar, you're going to be shocked at how great the food is. And if you want something different to do this weekend, on Sunday, head out to Bell's Nashville Kitchen, Main Street, Old Town Scottsdale, and they got the car show in which they actually shut down the street a little bit. Cars that are pre-1990, plus they've got pastries and they've got coffee. And you can walk in later for the honky-tonk brunch and have a great meal at Bell's National Kitchen. You found home. Down home. I just want to say it to all of you. Today is November 10th. Because of the 11th hour on the 11th day of the 11th month. We celebrate Veterans Day tomorrow, but today it's celebrated because of the fact that it's a Friday and Veterans Day is on a Saturday. But also, happy birthday, Marines! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, Rattlers Rising, and the Merc. Barely. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Happy birthday, Marines. Today, November 10th, the day before Veterans Day, just also happens to be the birth date of the the Marine Corps, in which I believe it's the second Continental Congress. I think this. No, the first Continental Congress 
No, actually, it's neither of the Continental Congresses, is it? I oh my gosh, my American history. I usually think I'm a genius, and I am. I am failing. Now, I'm sorry. Now I have to look it up. Uh, I have to look it up. That that's really going to bother me because I can't remember which body put together um, the Marine Corps, but it was 1775. So that should have been the Continental. And it was, it was the Second Continental Congress. I just cheated and looked it up. Gosh, I didn't. I should have known that. So anyway, they issue an edict establishing the Marine Corps on this day. And therefore, that's why we have the Marines. And then, of course, you already had had the uh, Army established in order to fight the war. So today's an important day in our military history. And God bless everybody and all of our veterans. It is an honor to live under the freedom that you have provided all of us. Just so you know, I am, I am not a, uh, a veteran. Uh, I, I never even thought about it. When I was young, I loved America and I, I loved the 4th of July. My parents had taken us to Washington, D.C. I saw the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So I, had, I did have a healthy respect for the flag and the United States, but it really changed in college when I took a lot of classes where some of my professors were military and a World War I class and a World War II class was just absolutely, and a Civil War class was just fascinating to me. I always loved George Washington and, uh, and the Revolutionary War and so many things uh, about our history uh, as a nation that just brings me such, such joy. And then as I, when I moved to Alabama, uh, I got a, I had a, quite a few more black friends and didn't really know my black history of America and then being in touch with that and then got so blessed in Kansas City to become friends with Buck O'Neill, the first ever black coach and the first ever black scout in Major League Baseball and learning about the Negro Leagues, and you know my love of baseball, so that all of that kind of morphed, and then you add on to it the Persian Gulf War while I was in college, the War on Terror, 9-11, Pat, uh, Pat Tillman, even though I wasn't, Pat Tillman resonates with a lot of you more than it does me, as much as I want to say it's huge in my life as an American, it wasn't huge in my life as an Arizonan if that makes sense, because I wasn't here yet. So the way so many people have talked about Pat uh, in this state, which is just glorious, and it was, gosh, I'm going to ballpark it at about three years, I think four years after Pat's death, I'd have to look it up, that I moved here. So it was still unbelievably fresh at the time, but it wasn't as raw. Does that make sense, if there's a difference between those two things? So that's kind of my American history journal, and, uh, and I just have so much respect for you. And, and if, if I can give you a story that a lot of you have heard me say before, and I admit I do get a little emotional when I tell you this story. Um, or, or the other part of my military history is my grandfather fought in the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. And, uh, and then my father-in-law fought in Vietnam, and my paternal grandfather-in-law is so jennifer's grandpa uh he is an amazing situation where he was a prisoner of war in world war ii and both he and another man were able to escape and they disagreed on which way to go after they were somewhat safe so they went in two different directions 
never saw each other again for something like 45 or 50 years at some at some kind of strange get together or something I, I don't remember the story of how they got back together they never knew if the other one lived never knew that just floors me that you were never able to find out that information and then they either saw each other or something i'm sorry i'm kind of blabbing i need to go ask jennifer the story but man is that moving and motivational but the big story for me which is probably probably my proudest moment as a parent to be quite honest and to know that by the grace of god jennifer and i did uh, uh, were successful at least at that point you know mckenna was probably only eight or nine years old I'd have to ask Jennifer what year. Jennifer remembers every year of all of our vacations. But one year, I thought about how much it meant to me that my parents took me to Washington, D.C. And I do believe any of you that are able, and I really stress able, that it is, a, it is an expensive and difficult trip to be able to plan out and go. And if you ever want to get a beer with me, I'd be glad to talk to you about it. But I think every American should take their kids to Washington, D.C. if they can. And we went. So when we went to Washington, D.C., it was an amazing, amazing trip. And uh, we flew in, spent a week, and we hardly ever left the Museum of American History. And we got there early in the week before the 4th of July. Jennifer and I, and I've, I can't believe this to this day, had about 20 minutes where it's just the two of us alone with a security guard and the flag from Fort McHenry. That's the flag that Francis Scott Key saw raised above Fort McHenry after the battle and, and then wrote the Star Spangled Banner. So that was so moving. And by the end of the week, as you got closer to Fourth of July, it was about a 45-minute wait to get into the room where the flag is, and then they shuffle you along. It's just, hey, keep walking. you know. Or if you want to sit and look at the flag, go ahead, but you're sitting in the back of this hallway. When I say hallway, the hallway's long way, so you're looking across the flag short ways. Does that make sense? The rec- the, uh, imagine looking across a skinny rectangle then at the flag so people are walking in front of you so you're not really alone with the flag and then there's always some people that are loud when it's supposed to be reverent and there's a lot of people that are loud yeah jennifer and i had the beauty of just sitting there looking at the flag the two of us it w- and, and of course a security guard in case i was going to jump through the glass or something so that was inspiring and then on every day with sunshine except one and it just so happened the day we were under a pretty good storm it was one of those typical east coast atlantic storm mid-atlantic storms where it's drizzling throughout and then for about 15 minutes it's a downpour and then it goes back to a drizzle and then a hard downpour back and forth and that was the day that i had planned for arlington So we're going through the National Cemetery, and I just feel horrible because a lot of the other days, granted we would have been wet and gross, but a lot of the other days we were inside walking into one of the Smithsonian's or into a museum or into the Capitol building, things like that. So we would have been inside while it was rainy outside. And this is the one day where we're outside all day, and and it's miserable out. And I said to the family, because I'm the one that planned the trip, girls, I'm sorry that the day that we're outside all day it's this gloomy and daddy chose a gloomy day to to be outside and mckenna here here it comes mckenna gosh eight nine years old i'm thinking she says it's okay daddy 
war is gloomy. Oh, I mean, to know that my eight or nine-year-old had understood the horrible difficulties that some of you in our military have gone through or to go further all the way back to i mean i'm the type of person that even thinks of valley forge you know when a kid says something like that and she says that and for her to have a even remotely of a grip of the misery that you were able to fight through it was just wonderful now i don't get all the credit of course with her father or with her with her papa her uh, her pater- her grandpa on Jennifer's side being a Vietnam War veteran, I'm sure that he has had her on a lap and talked about some of the storms that he went through in Vietnam and things like that. But oh my gosh, I just that gets me so jacked up. So I wore the flag, wore my FDNY hat today, thinking of all of you for America on Veterans Day. Thank you very much. And then we always take a minute on Beer Friday. Not quite yet presented by 100 Mile Brewing Company, but a free plug for 100 Mile Brewing Company anyway. Their sponsorship of Beer Friday starts next month. And I got to drink all these kilt lifters before, <laughs> before, they, uh, before they begin. We got to get a keg back here for uh, 100 Mile Brewing Company. But anyway, uh, the Beer Friday is always a salute to you, the American worker, a salute to Jeff Weir Production for all the work he does. And a salute to Izzy, all of our staff here at WTSMTV.com. We celebrate all of us on Beer Friday. But today, we celebrate the United States of America and all of you that have ever served in the United States military. Today is your day. It is Veterans Day for all of you veterans. And it's also a celebration of your families. Thank you to your wife, to your children, to your parents, to everybody who sacrificed at home while you were away defending our freedom. God bless America. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I didn't know if you had one. There you go. Hooray, Hooray veterans. So thank you for that. I don't have that one. <laughs> I know. We, we, we got we to gotta make that one. Uh, for that uh so uh let's see nothing really thrilling happened uh in my life yesterday uh well you know i shouldn't say that I, i'm a little bummed like, do you mind if i rip somebody before i i get rolling why not i'm a little bummed today uh for this is this is totally off the record so this is between you and i okay nobody else needs to know this but uh to give you the background there used to be a an arena football team arena football used to be so big there was a minor league to arena football. So there was the AFL, Arena Football League, and then there was AF2. It was the, it was, seriously, it was a minor league to AFL. And I was the play-by-play voice of the Tennessee Valley Vipers. Now, I never lived in Tennessee, but if you don't know your geography, the Tennessee River is not always in Tennessee, just like the Mississippi River. You know, but what's weird about the Tennessee River is it's traveling through Tennessee, and then all of a sudden it decides, let's see what's going on in Alabama. And then it goes back up into Tennessee. Well, in Alabama, the main city is Huntsville, Alabama. However, the people that live in, in all the other cities around it, Decatur and Athens, Coleman, Hartzell, Hazel Green, uh, Ardmore, uh, all of those people just 
get sick of the big city of Huntsville. That's really what they think. So this guy figured out, don't name my team Huntsville whatever. Name them Tennessee Valley. So that, therefore, it's all-encompassing. So they were the Tennessee Valley Vipers. If you ever watch college football on Saturdays and you know the Cardinals play-by-play voice, Dave Pash, his sideline analyst is a guy named Tom Luganbill, whose dad was the ASU defensive coordinator for a long time. Well, uh, in, in the 80s. Well, Tom was the first ever head coach of the Tennessee Valley Vipers. The second head coach is a guy named Brett Muncy, who made it all the way up to the Washington, at the time, Washington Redskins. Worked for them for a long time. And full disclosure, I have no idea where Brett is now. So, hi, Brett. Sorry that I'm a jerk and I don't know where you're at. And then the third head coach of the Tennessee Valley Vipers was actually Kevin Guy. And I'm the play-by-play guy. So, I have been friends with Kevin Guy since 2002. When his, when his youngest was a baby, my youngest was a two-year, or my oldest was a two-year-old. So it's kind of cool. Well, actually, his oldest, both of our oldest. So it was kind of cool. I've known him that long. We've been friends that long. And then we both end up here. I moved here at the beginning of 07. He moved here at the end of 07. So we've been close friends forever. Since about year three of our friendship in Phoenix, so 2010, I've been after him to move to the West Side. I'm totally serious. I thought they were making a mistake being downtown. I thought they should come to the west side. And if you want to get a beer with me, I'll give you all my reasons. But I thought they should move out west. And he's ignored me every step of the way, okay? Then about two years ago, he actually started asking me some questions about it. And I felt like he was getting kind of serious about it. And typical Kevin guy, even though he's a friend, he asked me some questions about it and then never brought it up again for like nine months. So I didn't know the state of conversations or where we were going. And then I found out about three months ago, hey, this might actually happen. And they were in hot and heavy conversations about coming. Well, yesterday was the press conference and ribbon cutting and announcement of the official move of the Rattlers to come to uh, the West Side and Desert Diamond Arena. So he told me a couple days ago about this presser that's going to happen and said, hey, I'm going to give you a shout out. I'm going to tell everybody that I'm not going to tell them it's your idea, but I'm going to tell them you've been after me forever. I said, okay. Like, I, I'm not here to get attention, but all right, whatever. You know, it's good for the podcast. Say my name all you want. So I'm sitting there in the crowd. He comes up and it's kind of hilarious because the, the poor audio dude, when Kevin Guy, everybody else was talking like this. Hey, yeah, we're excited to have the Rattlers. Da, 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 da. And then Kevin gets up there. What's up, Rattler Nation? Yeah. And he's acting like it's a pep rally and, and, and city leaders and walkers are like, yeah, try, trying to get fired up and everything. And I, was, I was highly entertained by that. And then he gets done with his speech and he never said a word about me promoting him pushing him to move out here so i'm like okay i don't care but once you say you're gonna do it you know i was ready for this announcement so he comes up to me afterwards he goes hey i was gonna give you a shout out but i decided not to because of your flips i said what he was fired up because i was wearing slacks a nice shirt and flip-flops i I always wear my flip-flops come on do you? Uh, since he didn't announce me, it's all right. I don't even want him. That's a uh, Jeff Weir production. All right, you know, all right. Let me. Let's go with. Why don't you get? You know what? If you have the first one of, let's go with the beginning of Kevin Guy, uh, Jeff Weir production. Okay. Out of all of them, so you can hear what I mean about him yelling at the beginning of it. But I don't know how you're going to find it in all that mess of phone clips that I sent. Oh, Izzy already cut him up. Oh, Izzy, well done. Yeah, I don't know how he cut him up, so I don't know 
what you so one that well i does any of them say k guy or kevin guy yeah i got kg one and two all right let's go kg one and uh it, when you look at glendale and you look at the west valley uh just the projections of what's going to happen over the next 10 years uh, of, of how this uh this market is growing I, I think this is the perfect time for the rattlers to to move to the west and uh we are growing as a company and uh we're going to continue to grow as a company and, and always put the best product out on the field so thank you very much we look forward to seeing everyone out here and uh as always um you know, uh, let's let's go Rattlers. Okay. All right. Did you see that guy that was st- sitting in front of me? This was uh, – it's, it's always my luck. Jeff – or a Chris, CEO Chris had sent me a text – or called me, actually, as I was parking the car. And he goes, hey, are you going to the Rattlers press conference? And I said, well, yeah, we've already talked about this, Chris. And, we, and uh, <laughs> you, I mean, we're, remember when I left and I talked about Ron Church? You know, oh! I didn't know you meant Ron Church. I understand because I said Ron and the and the Rattlers. I understand how you got confused. And he goes, "Well, will you video it?" And I I didn't tell CEO. You know, I wanted to be a team player. I said, "Oh yeah, sure, be glad to." Like, and then as soon as he asked, I'm like, "What are you talking about? I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I don't like doing that." And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wuss because then you got to sit here like this. Like, I want to focus on what's going on. I want to watch people, and instead, I'm going like this. Now, for those of you that thinks so what suck it up this is not a champagne problem hold your hand up like this aim your camera phone at something it doesn't matter what it is okay go like that now don't move for 30 minutes tell me your shoulder doesn't start aching you got 30 minutes like this i didn't know izzy cut it up let's all cheers to izzy because number one, he's probably getting car sick with me moving the phone because my shoulders drop barking at me. And then number two, a couple times I just stopped the recording and put the phone down because I'm like, I'm not recording this guy. I'm letting my arm rest. <laughs> this, I did that a couple of times too. So I just sit like this. It was driving me absolutely nuts. Now I could have brought like a phone tripod or there's all kinds of devices if I would have been told, hey, will you do this beforehand? So I go out there and I do that. Well, anyway. Kevin guy comes up to me afterwards and says, I, I didn't give you a shout out. I said, yeah, I, I noticed you didn't give me. Shout-out. Well, I'm not giving you the shout out with your flip flops. You know, I just I saw the flip flops. I said, nah, I'm not highlighting that guy. Hey, come on. So I went to lunch with uh, with Kevin since we've been friends so long. I had a great lunch and, uh, and I'm jacked up for uh, Westgate. All right. Let's see. Sound credits today. I think. Do you have some of the Kenny Dillingham and Jed Fish? Have I left that around? Uh, from from the from few days week? ago, yeah, I do. I'll have to pull it up. You just let me know which ones you want from which days, and I'll okay. pull them up. So let me give uh, ArizonaWildcast.com a little credit, and let me give Sun Devil Source on YouTube uh, a sound credit because uh, we're going to be pulling that. And then, but today's show is a lot of Arizona Cardinals, and I, I'm going to shock you with something today. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. I got a, a, a lot on that right now, and it's the highlight of Doug's Big One. Let's roll. Doug's Big One. So I was watching ArizonaCardinals.com yesterday and watching the Kyler Murray press conference. I wasn't at the Kyler Murray press conference because the Arizona Cardinals know that I know everything about the Terry McDonough arbitration case, and they know how much they butchered that situation. And I know a lot about another situation, which is going to uh, be a major highlight of the conversation tomorrow in my special edition report and interview that I'm going to be doing tomorrow that I've been talking about 
for Saturday. So because of that, I wasn't at the press conference. They don't issue me a credential anymore because they're scared of me. Well, I have to tell you, in watching that press conference, granted I wasn't there, but in watching that press conference, I was unbelievably overwhelmed by the Kyler Murray maturity and the Kyler Murray attitude and the Kyler Murray appreciation of where he is. And Cardinals fans, if I have read the room right, it doesn't make him a great quarterback or anything like that. But the thing that was holding Kyler Murray back is he just did not understand what true quarterback work ethic meant during the week, what true quarterback leadership meant during the week. There's a lot of Kyler apologists that like to suck up to Kyler, I guess hoping to get an interview or, or, or they, want, they want Kyler to like him. And they go crazy about Kyler. They just love themselves from Kyler Murray. I don't think the guy's a bad guy. I think he's a really wonderful person. But he has a workplace immaturity that he has never been able to overcome. Ever. And all of his life, his athleticism and his speed was always enough to make up for anything. He was so good that just having a real good knowledge of his offense was enough. He was always able to get out of any situation. And a lot of it's Cliff Kingsbury's lack of account- holding people accountable. I get that. But that was a different Kyler Murray that was at that press conference yesterday. When you heard him talk, I wonder if seeing what life is like without football made him embrace football a lot more. And by having that experience, there's a very good chance he will stay much more focused throughout the week. You might be getting a different Kyler Murray. And this is the beginning of either the end of Kyler Murray as a Cardinal or a new beginning overall of success for Kyler Murray as a Cardinal. And it started last week. Really, it started from the beginning of Jonathan Gannon getting hired, him learning the offense. But make no mistake, if you are the Cardinals, if you're Monty Ossenfort, you have to get through the next three months with one goal in mind, figuring out who the starting quarterback is in 2024. That's it. Now, for some people, that's not a huge question. For some people, they automatically think it's Kyler. Okay, if Kyler Murray throws for less than 200 yards every game for three months and has a couple uh, interse- has an interception a game, is he still your guy? Really? That's still part of this. But if he leads like he was on uh, at the press conference yesterday, well, then you kind of believe, wow, the Cardinals are in a much better spot with the number one, number two, or number three pick that they're going to have overall to start the first round, and then another pick in the first round around pick number 15, 14 or so, somewhere in there, they're going to be in a great position going forward if Kyler Murray is still the starting quarterback, especially when you consider how many people need a quarterback and how many decent quarterbacks are going to be in this draft. With that being the case, there's going to be somebody that wants to trade up into that Cardinals first pick, that Cardinals pick that's their actual pick for 2024. That opens up a litany of possibilities and opportunities for the Arizona Cardinals by doing that, by getting another trade to trade back down. And make no mistake, Monty Ford dominated the first round last year. He was outstanding. So when you have one piece of track history that says he can do that, a successful Kyler Murray puts the Arizona it I honestly believe it advances the rebuild by two years 
it actually speeds it up by two years to me if he's good. All right, let's go to um, Kyler Murray. Uh, Bob McManaman, Bobby Mack, question number one to get things rolling. Kyler Murray, how are you feeling? In a sense, um, yeah, not, not trying to be too high, too low. You know, at the end of the day, we're playing football. Um, it's a blessing to be, be able to be out there with my teammates, move around, run, you know, walk. Uh, so uh, it was a long, long um, 10 months. You know, um, never, you never, never dealt with that before. So doing the same thing every day, uh, waking up, you know, trying to get better each and every day. Sometimes, you know, not feeling good. Some days feeling better. Um, you know, but to now be here, it's, it's a good feeling. I, uh, hey, Josh, Josh Weinfuss, be quiet. It's my turn. Okay, Josh, we'll get to some of the questions that you asked. Relax. ESPN.com reporting, trying to invade Doug Franz Unplugged. That's not really what happened. I'm just teasing Josh right now. We had we had a com- massive computer power meltdown uh, at some point overnight. So Jeff Weir Production has to do different things. He's playing this right off of the ArizonaCardinals.com website. So if you, if you don't stop at a time, then we get more Josh Weinfuss in our life. Um, that was a small piece of his maturity, but just hearing him say it was a it's a blessing to run. I mean, just put that into perspective. It's a blessing to run. Now, I actually can, in a weird way, relate to that. At about three years ago or so, I lost the ability to run. And you, when you're in your 50s, I think it's all right. Okay, fine. I can't run anymore. But it's still kind of sad that you lose that it's just something that wait a minute that's always been there and as a as a soccer coach i would actually play soccer a lot with my young kids with all of my girls from for, for years and years and years because i saw the game in a different way and i wanted them to be challenged that way so i would play with them a lot and and i think the kids always enjoyed having the coach out there maybe i'm lying to myself other people say the coach should never actually practice with the kids because then they don't learn anything have a kid in there instead of you well I would I mean I would do three on ones you know and teach them make sure you're passing the ball and that way I knew another kid playing defense on it was an offensive drill so having a kid out there for defense when I didn't want them to attack all the time or I wanted them to attack more they wouldn't have known what I wanted and it was an offensive drill things like that that was a little bit of an argument against people at soccer training sessions right there I just that came out of nowhere because I've had people say you know you shouldn't be okay thanks buddy thank you for your your chalk book training session here when you're never actually out with your hands in the dirt but anyway so when I hear him talk about it's a blessing to run and I think you would agree Kyler and I run on a different level <laughs> I, I think that's huge and that that makes me feel a little better. But that's not as big as some, some of the ones coming up. I thought this was interesting. He's a visual guy. So, again, Bobby Mack asks, have you allowed yourself to play this game out in your head? You're, you're, you're finally back. Have you laid out what you're looking for? Play out in your head? Of course. I, I, uh, of course. Um, I, I like to do a lot of envisioning. Obviously, you know, it doesn't always happen the way you expect it to happen. Um, it's going to be some Jeff, adversity, I'm sure, throughout the game. Um, 
but you, you prepare for that, you plan for that, uh, and, and you get back out there and you keep going. You know, uh, I'm excited. I know we've had a good week so far, and I plan for it to be a good day. One was just real quick of of him going after. Or the reason I want to play that for you is it's more about him and getting to know him a little bit. That that's that's the way he operates, thinking ahead, planning ahead, and visualizing how he sees this going. Um, I I admit I'm not one of those people. Um, I don't try to like a lot of people say that's the power of positive thinking and you got to think positive and and therefore you've got to envision how does this work? How does this feel? Depends on to me on what you mean by envisioning. Am I would I be envisioning like do I envision today's show last night? Yeah, I think, okay, we're going to go here. We're going to go here. We're going to go here. But I don't envision like feelings or things like that. And when I'm on the golf course, course it's really funny if i'm playing with strangers i will say to myself especially on the third hole red course at the wigwam i go up to the tee box on the third hole of the red course of the wigwam with two thoughts don't hit the sign and don't end up on four that's all i'm looking at now you might say well, what does that mean you know the sign that says welcome to the third hole on my tee shot i've hit that sign twice in my life yes the sign's just right over here. And I just, and I don't know how I did it, but twice I've hit the sign. And one time when I hit the sign, I was actually talking about the last time I hit the sign and walked up and hit it again. And somebody in the group says, I thought you were lying. I thought that was impossible to do that. Oh, no. Until you golf with me, then you will realize the impossible becomes possible. Things you've never seen before, you will see. So I don't want it to go over there and hit the sign, and I don't want it to go over there on the fourth hole. I'm going to play the third hole. So then people get mad at me. No, you got to think positive. Listen, I'm positive I'm bad. Thinking about it isn't going to make me good. you got to think positive. That does not affect the club head. All right? I'm not good enough to think my way into positive thoughts. All right? Fix the grip. Fix the swing path. Fix the club face. Let's fix that. Once I start hitting it consistently, I'll go, hey, I'm good. I Listen, I'll be the first person to tell you I'm good at something if I'm good at something. All right? You don't have to hold me back from telling you I'm good at something. I've tried to tell people for years. I am not arrogant or modest. I'm just honest. If I'm better than you at something, I have no problem telling you about it. And if you're better than me at something, I have no problem making sure we're not in a position for you to show me. <laughs> Because I don't want to find out. <laughs> but I know what I stink at. And I accept it and I try to get better. That's the way of the unplugged army. If you're going to stink, hey, we stink together. And then let's get better uh, as we move forward. All right, the next one. I thought this was a great question. And this is the age-old discussion of ACL tears. How do you feel in the recovery? When should you be back on the field? And there were rumors that Kyler was ready a while ago and didn't play. So, Kyler, when did you feel like you were ready to play? You know, people people told me, you know, once you hit the nine-month mark, you, uh, you know, the chances of re-injuring or whatever, you know, decreased tremendously, I think. And for me, it was crazy because right at nine months, um, you know, I woke up and it felt like it feels different. You know, I just, I just kind of knew, you know, I, I felt different. Um, and from there, 
obviously, you know, telling the coaches or whatever, I feel like I can go go practice and, and you know, the window starts and then you just continue to rep and rep and rep. And then um, from there, I, f- I felt good for, for quite some time now. What excites you most about this offense? The, um, the, th- the thing I liked about that one is because it does show he could have played sooner. But the Arizona Cardinals, maybe protecting him, maybe whatever, wanted to make sure that as he was getting ready, that the reps were going up, but they also wanted to protect the rookie and make sure rookie was getting reps, things like that. But that shows you he was ready sooner. And let's talk about that, okay? That shows that they looked at the Browns' defense and said, they're really good. We don't want you to start there. Possibly they looked at the weather. And at the beginning of the week made the decision. We don't think the weather in November in Cleveland is going to be great. Let's not mess with this. Let's not go forward as if you're starting and then have to pull you because of the weather because we're not going to put you out on a rainy, soggy field where you can get injured or you haven't played yet. That's not going to be your first game. We're not going to do that. So I, I tend to believe he was ready weeks ago, maybe just one week ago, but it was you're not starting until it's a home game. That way we've got you on our field in a controlled environment. Now, one of the things that's interesting is if you watch Cardinals games and Raiders games, the field has been terrible, and they both operate on the sliding tray. And there's been a lot of players that are slipping on both fields. And Andy Reid started the conversation a year and a half ago about how bad uh, the field was. And there are hints that it's a Michael Bidwill issue of not doing what needs to be done to get that field up to snuff. Now, the Super Bowl exposed it greatly. The Super Bowl was an embarrassment. But I want to stress 400 times, don't blame the Cardinals on that at all. Okay, you know it's not rare that I'm standing up to take a bullet for the Cardinals. The Cardinals have zero power over the field conditions of a Super Bowl. That is entirely people that fly in from the NFL. And that's kind of a problem because they think they understand Phoenix weather, Phoenix grass, and a sliding tray better than our own people do that work for the Cardinals and try to prepare it every day. So the Super Bowl is an entirely different thing. But there's been some people slipping this year, too. So we'll see how well the field is for Kyler in in game one. Uh, Howard Balzer, good reporter. I I thought this was a really interesting question, and the answer was even better than the question, but I thought Howard's question was good. Buddy Morris is the guy that was the – Uh, head exercise guy for a while Jonathan Gannon brought in his own people but they still have Buddy Morris on staff I forget what his title is now but but he's basically in charge of rehab stuff and in charge of workouts things like that and the question is just simple to Kyler I'm sure that you loved Buddy anyway but going through this type of rehab every day with Buddy Morris for this long how has your relationship with Buddy changed matured adjusted over this time with buddy <laughs> yeah no um been here for five years and me, me and buddy he's like uh he's like he's like a grandpa to me now you know he's uh you know i i i can uh, i can lean on him for anything um you know it was uh it's honestly a blessing you know to so i think everything happens for a reason um 
you know, to, to be able to have him in my corner, be able to, you know, because not too many people understand or, or, you know, know what I've been through. Obviously, you know, people hurt, get hurt all the time, but um, the only people that know, you know, the people that are close and you know, that which that are with you each every day. And, you know, he had to push me every single day. Uh, I had to push him, but it was, you know, it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. I, out of all of that right there, the reason why I wanted to play that for you is just kind of a laughter there at the beginning. And that said more than the words, because that means his mind was immediately going to the give and take. And that's a connection that when it gets made like that through that rehab, one guy there every day that it showed his appreciation for Buddy. And the more appreciation you have for others, the further you're willing to go in order to get to your own potential, not just for you, but for them. It becomes bigger than you. And for the first time in watching a Kyler Murray press conference, I kept feeling the situation is now officially becoming bigger than him. I felt like throughout Kyler's early career, it was about Kyler. And this is the first time I'm watching Kyler, and I totally believe he accepts that things are bigger than him and he's happy to be a part of it. The next one is kind of 15, 20 seconds of gold here. Just simply, what have you missed about the game the most? Missed the game. I mean, I've been playing this game since I was four years old, you know, um, and probably was probably had a ball in my hand before that. So, um, like I said, I think everything happens for a reason. Um, I've been missing it a ton. Body language, just the stop, the pause. I, I've been missing it a ton. When you have that level of appreciation. And you real it forces you to realize your career is more finite. And once you realize your career is more finite, why play Call of Duty when you can get into the into your playbook? Why stay up like DeAndre Ayton would stay up hours on end to play video games, and then he'd get up groggy and didn't pay attention during shooter. Opinion. I know for a fact how late he stayed up. Opinionated statement about his attitude at shoot around. Then he would go home. He'd nap just to get back into playing video games. And okay, I got to stop the video game to go to work. And then he'd go to the game. And that that stuff drives me nuts. Okay, Kyler Murray. When you hear that. And you see the body language of how he misses the game and what he missed about the game and things like that. That shows you that this is a different person now. I'm really excited for him. The next one is more team related. And it's from your perspective, being on the sidelines, watching the games. What what have you seen so far from the Drew Petzing, Jonathan Gannon offense and your teammates in it? Perspective of how close we are, you know, how, um, yeah, I, I'd have to say how close, like if, if there's a couple plays a game here or there where we just, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot, um, and, and we're really not that far off, you know, obviously people may think we're a bad football team, we're not a bad football team, we're just, you know, we, we, we got to clean some things up and we, we need, you know, we need to make more plays and that's, that's what it comes down to is making plays. I don't even remotely agree with him. 
but I like the spirit. <laughs> he says, we're close. Okay. That's a line that a lot of people will say when one person breaks down in a play. And I don't mean breaks down, doesn't break down, break down, break down. I mean, one person breaks down in which if 10 guys, that's what that is. This is what makes football great. If 10 guys do their job and one guy doesn't, vast majority of the time, the play fails. Okay, in baseball, you got nine guys in the batting order. If eight guys hit, you're going to win. All right? If eight guys play great defense and one guy stinks, you can still probably overcome it. That's a little harder, but you can probably overcome it. If you've got four all-stars in the NBA, who, okay, Jeff Weir Production can play center. All right? If you don't know Jeff Weir Production, he's five foot four and a buck 50 and drives to work in a car seat. All right? So you don't want him as your NBA center. It's an adult car seat. Uh, yes, of course, of course, of course. But it, it's at least like a booster with a little strap thing for your seatbelt to make sure you're safe and snug. And, and, and he's such a small man. Now, big heart, but small man. You could start him at center, and the team will be fine. Okay? Team will be absolutely – if you give me Steph Curry, Devin Booker, LeBron James – and uh, gosh, who else would I want? Um, they at least have to go through me to get to the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And see, and, and and we're talking, I'm talking about basketball players and you're worried about the quarterback. So all of a sudden, I didn't realize that you're dreaming of playing offensive tackle or you got oh. confused when I said center. Well, you said center. Yeah, you thought of football. I should have okay. known a guy from Tennessee, if I say center, he's thinking O-line. Well, we are talking but, Cardinals. Yes, we are. <laughs> but I, I said, you know, uh, you know, I'll take you with Steph Curry, Devin Booker, LeBron oh, James, yeah. and uh, who else? I, I like Joel Embiid, so I'll take Joel Embiid too. And then I'll just throw you in. We're going to win. I can coach that team to a victory. All right? We're going to win. We're going to be okay. That's questionable. <laughs> With you or me or both. I don't know. I don't know which did you. Were you self-defecating or were you? Uh, oh, that's all on me. Yeah. You didn't catch that, uh, that little joke there. That was kind of funny on my part. <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell you what I said if, I did, if you didn't catch it, Jeff, okay. for your production. Uh, because I just, I just left something in your adult seat uh, with what I said. So, anyway, the, the situation is one where when I hear Kyler say we're close, well, if if you have a different guy that gets beat every play, whether he gets beat mentally or physically, you know what that means? You're not good. It doesn't mean you're close. It means you're not good. All right? If the same guy is getting beat over and over again, we can overcome that. We can either try to replace him or we can slide our protection over or we can just make you run dummy routes. There's a lot of things we can do to hide one bad player or one weak spot. There's nothing we can do if a different person screws up every time. Up, false start. Well, that's only one guy's fault. And then they go, well, now it's first and 15. It would have been first and 10. We would have been fine. No, no, no. Okay, no. So I totally disagree with Kyler. But that's still leadership. When somebody asks you, what have you noticed? And the, you're, you're not talking to the media. Who cares what I think? You know what I mean? Seriously. I hope you do. But from the point of the actual Cardinals, when your leader comes in and, t- and the first thing he does is tell the guys, you guys are so close. We're not that far. Ignore the record. We're not far from making these plays. Every guy in that room thinks then you're going to be the difference. That's a good thing. That's still leadership. 
All right, the next one, where I have Jeff Weir Production starting this play, uh, this cut, it starts with the question included. And I wanted you to be able to feel the body language, the pause, the thought process from the end of the question. And it's funny, if, if I'm not mistaken, this is the one where Kyler starts to answer. And it's almost like the question is deeper than he realizes. And he says, wait a minute, what did you say? Because he wants to make sure he understands before he goes deep into how he feels about this. What are things that you learned or appreciate more going through the whole process? Um... What'd you say? Things that you've learned about or appreciate more having gone through the whole thing. No, that's, 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 that's a tough question. Um, it's a tough question. I think uh, just gained, I told, told the people in the, you know, I, I just feel like I gained a new level of resiliency with this. Um, I already felt like, you know, had that chip on my shoulder, you know, uh, never out of anything, never down. I always feel like I can win anything, but uh, this kind of, yeah, you, you, when you go through something like this, you you, uh, you find out really quick about you know who you are and, and what you're about. So I think you know, like I said, I think everything happens for a reason, and, you know, right timing. I just like that one a ton for that pause and that respect and saying that he learned about himself. I. I, it's kind of funny. I think there are different personalities in the world that reflect on different things. I, I don't think I've had a lot of moments where I said, I've learned a lot about myself. I, I look at my life with a series of successes and failures. And the important parts are, how did I react to both? When I was successful, did I make other people around me feel like they were a part of that success? And when I failed, did I ensure people around me that it was my failure and that I'm going to get that fixed? Did I learn from that failure? Did I allow that failure to cause fear of the next failure? And, you know, for me... I've been really lucky. My life has been a series of really good successes with tiny failures until getting fired was not failure at all. Getting fired was a position of other people who didn't want to accept their accountability. I'm fine with that. My true failure was not getting fired. It was the way I handled getting fired. Now, I didn't lash out at people, but I I went into a hole. I just went into a place where it wasn't good for anybody. Thank God I had the most unbelievable wife that gave me space when I needed it and and gave me love when I needed it. But I did not handle that well. So I don't look at it and say, I learned a lot about myself, but I learned more about getting better with failure. I learned more about you never succeed while you're feeling sorry for yourself okay i should say never but i don't know of a circumstance like that and that was a place where i had never been where i just sat there feeling sorry for myself because it's so consuming to know that you're not at fault in the grand scheme but there were so many things you could have done better and you want to place blame on other people. You really want to place blame on other people. 
And yet it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they were at fault for. Because you've heard the phrase, what what can you control? What can't you control? The people that failed me greatly aren't introspective. They aren't people that try to get better constantly. They are people that cover up their failures and act. And by the way, every time I talk about this, please underline 900 times. It's never about Wolf. Never. Uh, there, somebody came up to me the other day at the press conference and said, oh, I, you know, I never wanted to ask you about, you know, Wolf, I'm sure that's personal how you guys didn't get along. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I looked right at the guy and I said, if it's your own speculation, you're wrong. If somebody else told you that Wolf and I didn't get along, you're an idiot. Or, or I said, that guy's an idiot. I don't care if it's your best friend. That guy's an idiot. So you decide. <laughs> the guy was like taken aback at my directness because I had never met the guy. We're in a casual conversation. And all of a sudden I'm saying, listen, it's, it was never Wolf versus me in, in what happened. But I sat there and, and wanted other people who were at fault to accept it. And like, where's that going to get me? It's going to get me absolutely nowhere. And it's more important for me to look at all of the little battles where I totally feel like, and even to this day, I feel like I was right in what should have happened. I was right in what they got wrong, but I was dead wrong in how I handled it. I was dead wrong in thinking doing it, handling it my way was going to get me where all of us needed to go. Because I have a major personality flaw, which is once I realize you can't do the job, then I have always struggled in including you in the future. You know, I was like, okay, we've established you can't do it. I'm just going to run you over and do it myself. And now I put more on me. And what happens when you put more on yourself? You then lose other things slip. There's no way you can keep piling on yourself and be as excellent in things you used to be good at. You can't because those things slip as you start trying to take on other people's responsibilities. And that's what I did. Instead of getting at the root of the problem and motivating, helping, explaining, and training someone to get through their flaws and faults, I instead just said, okay, now I know you can't do the job, ran them over. The reason why I loved what Kyler Murray is saying is I don't know what his renaissance was. I have no idea. But as a guy that used to be allowed to be credentialed because the station would yell at me anytime I said something critical, and I, I think I still did a good job being me, but let's face it, whenever your boss is telling you all the time, you can't go there. They're our partner. You, you It does affect you. I tried not to let it affect me, but it does. Now, even though I'm uncredentialed, I've been in those pressers with Kyler so often, and I've seen the roll of the eyes at a question. I've seen the frustration with anybody that thinks that he is struggling or not succeeding or being, you know, it's kind of funny. People that think they work hard and don't are always the ones that are most defensive about their work ethic. Okay, if you go up to a guy that that you know is lazy and he knows he's lazy, it becomes kind of funny. Yeah, I got away with that one, didn't I? (laughs) You know, and it's funny. And if you 
question the work ethic of a guy that works unbelievably hard and knows that he works hard but is confident in his work ethic why he doesn't defend himself to you 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 question his work ethic and and he goes okay whatever he ignores you because he knows his work ethic is eventually going to prove you wrong it's the guy that doesn't work very hard and lies to himself thinks he's working very hard that then gets defensive when you question his work ethic because he's covering something even if it's subconscious he's covering for something Kyler's press conference this week or yesterday 400 times more mature than any other press conference I've heard from him much more of a leader much more appreciative of the opportunity and I think that drives people to success okay the last one this to me is important going forward all right I totally believe in team chemistry. I totally believe in conversations that bring people together. I totally believe in the little moments in in March, April, May that happen between a football team that when you're in the middle of a huddle, okay, the huddle is a world none of us understand. The huddle is a world of 11 people versus the world. They get one piece of information, the play. And then everybody next to you is dependent on you understanding the play, having done the research to know what the defense is going to do on the play to counterbalance you, and then succeeding physically. So there's all of this mental stuff, and then boom, pure anger for a second, and then calm back down. And everybody's got to believe in each other, but at the same time, everybody has to do it right on their own. And then there's the failure from the previous play. If somebody failed on the previous play, someone in the huddle is talking about it, is talking about your failure. How are you going to handle that moment? When it's as raw as can be, okay, if somebody walks up to you right after you just made a mistake, how are you going to handle that? Do you get defensive? Do you get mad at them? Do you come back at them and say, well, you're not perfect and, 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 and attack the messenger? Or you go like, yeah, you're right. I screwed that up. Now, if, you, if somebody's just after you, okay, defend yourself. But did you listen to the critique and decide, you know what? I can apply that. You're right. If the person is connected with you in May, if the person shows you in April how they feel about you, how they believe in you, you have a great relationship with them, and then you screw up in November, when that guy questions you in the huddle, say, let's go. You can't let him blow you up like that. How did you not see that blitz? That's where it's coming from. That, that's, that's what we did on Thursday. Yeah, you're right. I won't let you down this time. I'm back. I, okay, you're right. All right. There's a connection there. If you're not there all for five months, six months, if you're missing all of these events, you're skipping out because you want a new contract. You think, oh, I can work out better in Dallas than I can here. And you make all these excuses for not being around. Then you're the guy that's not around. It doesn't matter that you're right when you call out somebody in the huddle. Because what happens? That guy is now saying, oh, well, maybe I would have got it right if you would have, you know, there's no connection between the two of you. I'm bringing it up for this answer. Tell me if you feel the same thing I did. Keep in mind, Kyler Murray is not around during the offseason. He skips weeks during OTAs. 
And in a contract holdout, he didn't do a darn thing, even though people try to preach it. Well, he was here during this week. No, he didn't do enough. He didn't lead. Don't lie to yourself. Now, take all of his past into account when he's asked this question. What was it like being here all off season? What was it like every day coming into the facility? Do you feel a new connection with some of your teammates or a guy like Zach Ertz when both of you are in here every day rehabbing? Yeah, I mean, you, you know a guy. Um, you play harder for a guy that you know and love, you know what I mean? Obviously, um, you want to play hard in general, but it's different when, you know, you got your brother next to you that you know what he's been through and, and y'all been through it together. Uh, so I think, you know, I think it was beneficial, obviously. I, I haven't been this involved in the off-season program since I, you know, uh, having to be, but, you know, uh, being here every day, you know, just doing the same thing over and over again, uh, getting it in. And I, you know, I saw this, I saw, I saw what he got to go through as well. Um, so it definitely builds a different type of bond. I haven't been here every day like I was this year. I haven't had to be. The only thing that worried me a little bit was that I haven't had to be. Does that mean once you don't have to be, you won't be? I, I hope not. I hope not. I, I For the first time in my life, first, first time in his Cardinals life, I'm pretty confident in Kyler Murray. I fully understand he doesn't care what I think. <laughs> I totally know that. But watching that press conference, I feel good about it. It does not mean they're a playoff team. It does not mean suddenly Kyler Murray is going to be great. But do I think they're going to beat the Falcons? I actually do. I, I actually think that they're going to win this week against uh, Atlanta on Sunday. And it has a lot to do with Kyler and his appreciation and and the newfound Kyler. And granted, I don't think Atlanta's that good, okay? I I wouldn't pick them against the Eagles, right? I wouldn't pick them against the Chiefs, Dolphins, the the better teams of the league. But against an Atlanta team that's got some issues, an Atlanta team that's got an up-and-down quarterback situation, granted they got a fantastic running back and we have defensive line and tackle and, and and not defensive tackle, that's just defensive line, but tackling issues, it's going to be a tough game. But I, I, I kind of believe more in Kyler's ability to lead and, and not just get frustrated with everybody. It's a big moment. It's a big moment for Kyler Murray, and I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I hope the Cardinals do really well. All right, coming up next, we got a little more Cardinals to talk about. I want to tell you about what's going on tomorrow for me and talk to you more about next week. I want to talk a little U of A. I want to talk a little ASU. And got some sons to talk about. And then, of course, versus Vegas. My name is Doug Franz. Thanks for watching Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. I know it's a little bit difficult to understand this, but right now is a fantastic time to get a new air conditioner. Your AC unit has worked unbelievably hard in one of the hottest summers on record in the city of Phoenix. Well, right now, Parker & Sons has stocked up on air conditioners for the summer, and now the summer's over. So they're not nearly as expensive to get those units because they need to move them on. So you get that tremendous advantage on price. Now, if you're not sure if you need a new air conditioner, 
join the Parker family plan. We've been on the Parker family plan since about, oh, I don't know, a year or two after we moved here, and it's been fantastic. I totally believe they helped extend the life of our current unit by keeping it up to date with its warranty, warned us of pending doom, we admit, and eventually we got a new one from Parker and Sons and saved a lot of money because we were on the Parker family plan. Call 6022-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two. Then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. America. Thank you, Marines. Happy birthday. Doug Franz, the fake commander-in-chief of the world. I, 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 this is a good day to stress this because um, there's always somebody that's a little weird. Every now and then I get an email from somebody that doesn't like the phrase unplugged army. And I, I do kind of laugh at that, but let's take a minute and, and make sure that any of you that are new to Doug Franz Unplugged understand In order for this podcast to be successful, you have to support the sponsors. You obviously have the right to say, Doug, I don't care if your podcast is successful. (laughs) There's nothing I can do about that if that's your opinion. But in order for me to put out free content for you on the podcast or low price content for you on WTSMTV.com, you have to make it a point and say, when I'm hungry and going out to dinner... I'm interested in Bell's Nashville Kitchen, Rosati's, 100 Mile Brewing Company, Burrito Express, Civlik. I mean, that's you've got to look at it and say, are, am I in the mood for one of those five things? And then if you are, please go. I totally understand. Of course, I like going other places too. Okay? So it's not about that. But it's about giving those people the opportunity to earn your business. Okay? If you've got... Uh, anything going on with your water system at home and you're thinking okay i might like reverse osmosis i might like a hot water uh, 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 a tankless water heater you might have a problem with the water heater you have and you need somebody to come out and repair it and look at it if you aren't calling parker and sons first you're, you're mooching on the podcast you're saying i want to listen to you but i don't i don't want to support it so you got to call 6022 repair now if let me be blunt if parker and sons screws up People screw up. If they screw up, I would like to ask you to email me. I want to get involved. I want to tell Parkinson's, hey, this is a member of the Unplugged Army. They came to you because of, of being a member of the Unplugged Army. They didn't feel like things were satisfactory. What can I, how can we try to make this right? And if they blow it a second time, you know what? Okay, don't go back to Rosati's then. Tell me about it so I can tell people, hey, we did our job. I got you people, but this is what happened. Hey, Parker Sons, this is what happened. All right. Hey, Whirlwind, you didn't mow over here. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'd like to get involved and help you. I owe you that for you being involved. But it's got to be 
a two-way street between the two of us. And that's why I'm so forward on my relationships with these people, why I talk about Unplugged at Whirlwind.com, things like that, for you to become a Whirlwind Plus member and, uh, and me not selling it to you, me sharing my belief in it. I am not having anybody on this show if I don't love it. Okay, I love the garlic fries at Bell's National Kitchen. I love a breakfast burrito. I love all the burritos at Burrito Express. I used to try to pick my favorite, man. I like that. Anytime somebody says, here's Burrito Express, okay. You know, it's just so freaking good. Now, I don't know if uh, Angel wants to hear this. I can eat a burrito from Burrito Express, and I'm probably good for about a day and a half without eating. Okay, I don't know if it's my age or what it is. If I was in college, it'd be different. But man alive, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm glad they don't charge you an arm and a leg, but I admit considering one helping is lunch, dinner, and a little bit of breakfast, I, they could probably charge a little more <laughs> because you save so much money on future meals. But that's the relationship I need you to have with the sponsors in order for this to go forward. By doing that, you create situations like what's going to happen tomorrow. I want to be very, very clear. I am not vindictive. I don't have... I, I wish the Cardinals would have given me a credential. Um, I think the Cardinals really did something dumb. I don't know if I've ever told you about this, but early on in the podcast history, I called the Arizona Cardinals and said, hey, I, I want to work with you on something. I'd like to give you a free commercial every every show of Doug Franz Unplugged in which you can use to promote season tickets, you can use to promote area events, charitable events, whatever you guys are doing. But it would be a lot easier for me since you record all of the uh, videos that you take with at press conferences and things. As I'm working on sales of the podcast, other teams, things like that, could you send me that sound? And they actually said, no, we'll wait until you're bigger. And then if this is successful, then we'll think about joining you. Like, okay. So basically, the 15 years you acted like my friend, it was kind of crappy. That... That doesn't make me vindictive, but it made me realize that they're only partners with people that'll help them. They're not interested in helping others. Then I realized how bad I screwed up with the Phoenix Suns situation. People in that organization told me all the time how horrible of a person Robert Sarver was. And I was like, man, that stinks. Like I was a friend to them. I listened. But even sometimes they would say, hey, you know, you can do something about it. And I, I went by the thinking, that's your opinion of Robert Sarver. It's not fair of me just to go out and blab, hey, this is, it's almost like hearsay. This is, you know, so-and-so, I wouldn't said their name, but so-and-so thinks this about Robert Sarver. This is what's going on with the Phoenix Suns. And just ripping Robert Sarver on air. Even though that's poor journalism and that is using hearsay against somebody, I didn't investigate. I didn't look at it journalistically and say, okay, let me go talk to this person that I don't know. Let me get the viewpoint of this person. Let me talk to about 70 different people, take emails, write things down. Uh, take notes, meet people for a beer, get an all-encompassing report, organize it, and then present it so people can make their own decisions. Like a true journalist, you know, investigative journalist. I never did that. I didn't look at that as my role, but so many people came to me looking for help, and I didn't give it. 
I regret that. And I actually feel like I let the city down. I mean, I hope you know me well enough to know that I'm not an arrogant person because I'm about ready to say something that sounds arrogant. But when you are the co-host of the number one sports talk show in the history of the state of Arizona, and the responsibility you have that other talk show hosts don't have just because you're the morning guy, whether you realize it or not, morning talk show hosts kind of set up the stage of the day for what's going on for people to think about. It's almost like everybody else reacts to what happened, what the morning show does. That's kind of the way morning radio is. And I had that responsibility, and I feel like I let a lot of people down when it comes to the Suns by not doing enough. I don't, I don't want to make that mistake again. So this isn't me being vindictive against the Arizona Cardinals. It's me, I feel like, taking better, doing a better job of handling my responsibilities. Even though, it, you know, if, if we're ranking media members, let's say, I'm now totally at the bottom. I mean, you just got to accept it, okay? I'm not where I was. But I'm not going to let that stop me doing what I think is right just because I'm not important anymore. That's my job is still my job. And so tomorrow I'm interviewing someone who I had amazing respect for for a long, long time. But I didn't really know. And I've gotten to know him a lot over the last couple months. And what really motivated me to get involved is how much he cared about the people that either were working for the Arizona Cardinals or are working for the Arizona Cardinals. And he wants to make a difference too. And when I got really passionate about tomorrow is when he said something to me over the phone. And no, I'm not going to tell you who it is until the interview actually happens. He said something to me recently that was as we were starting to think about is this something that we should do and he said i hope this helps michael change and when i knew that was part of his motivation i felt good about what we're about to do that his motivation is to hopefully lead someone to change for the benefit of those employees that's him for me I know Suns employees. I don't know how many Suns employees actually watch or listen to Doug Franz Unplugged. I don't know. But I know I let you down before, and I don't want to do that again. Even though it has nothing to do with you. Even though I already failed that, I hope you give me the opportunity to learn from that lesson and be a better member of the media in this town. And then I also know what's great about being an independent podcaster. Like, hey, I'm, I'm just now Doug Franz unplugged. The only boss I really have to answer to is my wife getting mad at me over thinking I went too far on something. <laughs> and granted, I always had to answer her no matter what happened. But what's right? And I, I feel like tomorrow is right. So tomorrow is a recorded interview. It's not going to be aired live. And the reason why I'm not doing it live. Live is almost always better because, you know, maybe somebody says something that's out there forever, you know. But the information is so sensitive, something could be said that really hurts people, that's really unfair, 
and we need to okay wait a minute that was more emotion than logic or fact let's have the opportunity to take that out to make sure we're doing things journalistically by the book that are fair and that we're being fair and then next week I'm going to take snippets and every part of ne- every show of Doug Franz Unplugged next week on the podcast, we're going to air parts of that, okay? But then there's going to be one large show of a special edition Doug Franz Unplugged. Again, I, I haven't really thought about the title of it. I'll, I'll probably think about it later. But something is going to happen where it is almost like a long-form 60 minutes type of interview, where you get to judge how were things done in the past, where you think they're going in the future, and get more in detail because I want to know what happened with the Terry McDonough situation. Um, I don't like the way the NFL does things. I think it's crappy. All right? You look at the Terry McDonough situation and the things I know about it, it should have been wrapped up right now if the NFL truly had a goal of getting the arbitration case done. If they truly cared about the integrity of the game, and if they truly cared about justice, this thing's over by now. But the NFL doesn't operate that way. The NFL operates in a prism of, I hope people stop paying attention. I hope people stop bringing this up. And if they stop bringing this up, then we don't have to deal with it. Or it forces the person to settle for less because we're not going to make rulings. And you look at how the media allowed the Daniel Snyder situation to go on as long as it did. You look at how the media allowed the Jerry Richardson thing to go on as long as it did in Carolina. Keep in mind, I don't think the informa- with the information I have, the Michael Bidwell situation does not rise even remotely close to Richardson and Snyder. To me, it does not rise to the level where Michael Bidwell should lose the team. It does not. But for us as a fan base, I do believe it rises to the level of if he does not change, there will never be sustained success for the Arizona Cardinals, ever. So every, I almost believe every bit of success is eventually a fraud because it's not sustainable because there, aren't, there isn't a, you're going to laugh at this, Raiders fans, there isn't a commitment to excellence to stay at a successful level. The percentages are stark. You might not realize this, but in the time that Michael Bidwell has run the franchise, they have a worse winning percentage than they did when they were in St. Louis. And everybody believes the St. Louis Cardinals is one of the worst franchises in football. And now this organization is worse, just judging by a winning percentage. I'm not judging by community involvement. I have no idea what kind of charitable things the St. Louis Cardinals did. I have zero idea. Okay, I don't know positive, negative. I can't make that comparison. All I can do is look at winning percentage. And there's a chance in a positive way tomorrow changes things, and that's why I want to be a part of it. So it's a big moment in the uh, history and future of Doug Franz Unplugged. It could be a big moment in sports journalism uh, in the city's history, or I could just fall on my face, embarrass myself, and I will end up looking for a different job. You got to face the reality. This is this is outside of my element, too. But I wanted to say thank you to the Unplugged Army for your belief in this podcast and getting me here to this point and why it's always been so important to me that you support the sponsors. 
Let's get back to Cardinals on the field because there's one thing I didn't I didn't think about, and that is uh, just a basic breakdown, breakdown, breakdown of the Atlanta Falcons. We um, and, and what is going to be seen? Let's have Buda Baker do that. Buda, what do you think of the Atlanta offense, especially with now they they got Heineke and quarterback. They've got a kid for for you know ten weeks. Looks like he's a Hall of Famer. Okay, great. It's just ten weeks into his career. Let's relax. But what else do you want to see from somebody in Bijan Robinson? He's fantastic. Buddha, what are you looking at? I feel like, of course, you know, they start out with the, the run game in Bijan, and um, he's a great running back. And then from there, of course, they're going to get into their play action um, shots. Um, you know, they're, they're, I think they're top 10 in the league in, in deep throws and um, stuff like that. So, of course, you know, we're going to have to. Uh, First and foremost, stop the run and get him to passing situations, and then um, you know try to mess you know mess with the front, mess with with the defensive scheme a little bit, and you know try to get uh, turnovers. You know on defense, we haven't had turnovers in a while, so you know our main goal is to of course stop the run, get him the third, second, and long third down, and uh, force some tur- some term- turnovers. So that's going to be our main goal. Um, you know, like you said, they got a lot of weapons, receiving core and tight end core with, uh, you know, both their tight ends that they really like to throw to. So it's going to be our job to, of course, you know, stop the run first, but also get them into passing situations and uh, get the football. It's amazing how basic football is at that level. You think at the highest level that the football can handle. But there is nothing more important about this game than that fact, okay? I think it's even bigger than the question of Kyler Murray's grasp of the offense. No matter how much you think you understand a plan, you know, until you start actually putting nails into the wood, that's when the plan takes shape, okay? Kyler is one where he can sit in a classroom and say all he wants, I know this offense, I'm ready. But going out there and getting everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. That's from the great American philosopher Mike Tyson, if you didn't realize that. Very important. Mike Tyson also had a lot of other, you know, very, very important philosophical statements. Oh, I don't want the helicopter sound. I want I want this. Now, come on! Where is it at? Let's try, let's try this again. Here we go. I broke my back. What do you mean by that? You my broke back, back is broken. What, what a, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. Uh, what's wrong with your back? Uh, my ankle. No, wait. <laughs> I just what? Your back is your back's broken. What part? Did you, did you break a vertebrae? Spinal. Oh, thank you, Mike Tyson. But Mike Tyson said, "Would you get punched in the face?" <laughs> Some of that stuff. It's it's just so fantastic. Do I have Do I have anything else that I am? Uh, uh, You've got some gems on that thing. That's I, for sure. Um, let's see what. Oh, there's a. Uh, Jerry Jones. Kind of circumcising the mosquito. Yeah, you know, quit, quit being so focused on minute details and don't circumcise a, a mosquito. And my favorite one, I think, Jeff Van Gundy. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm saying I'm blaming you. <laughs> That's when people get fired. And then, okay, one more since I'm on a roll. Do you remember when um, Braun of the Brewers 
said he wasn't using steroids and then it was all found out that he was totally using steroids that his testosterone levels if you didn't know was four times what it's supposed to be but he claimed some ups driver because he was a cubs fan spiked it and remember how amazing it is that you can lie like this that he's staring down the cameras and say i promise you on everything that's ever meant anything to me in my life the morals, the values, the virtues by which I've lived for my 28 years on this planet, I did not do this. He did all of it. <laughs> I mean, when you say my 28 years, the virtues that I stand on, I did not do this. Wow, you're good. I mean, you are really good. Oh, wow. Ryan Braun, you you take the sports cake. Okay, you're okay. There you go. I, I'm off of that. I, I was on a little bit of a roll there and had to have uh, had to have some fun, but. When, when I look at the play fake and what the Cardinals have to be able to do and read that and how good B. John Robinson is, and if they don't stop the run, the game is over. If they sell out to stop the run to a level that exposes them on the back end, A, are the Falcons good enough to, t- to take advantage of it when you've got these very young corners and a very poor, you've got a good defensive back room because of Tom, uh, Thompson and, uh, and Buddha. But the corner position is extremely weak. Are they good enough to hold up against Falcons receivers? If the defense is able to stop the run and eliminate the exposed exposure by the play fake, and if Kyler knows the offense well, this is a win. On the one hand, those are two huge ifs, aren't they? If they can handle the play fake and if a quarterback that hasn't played in 10 months plays well. I get that. But I think there are enough ifs that Atlanta has to answer that this is a winnable game for the Arizona. I shouldn't say winnable. Every game is winnable. I mean, we would all agree the Dallas Cowboys are much better than the Cardinals and the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. But I mean, I I actually think the Arizona Cardinals are the better team going into this game and when did you ever feel like that about a game this year I I haven't at all there's never been a game where I felt you know the Cardinals are better no no this is the first time I feel like you know the Cardinals are a better team there's a lot of good players in Atlanta but I don't think those players can dominate the way potentially a a great game from Buddha and Kyler could possibly dominate so there's a there's some Cardinals Quick coyotes for a second. Last night was crazy. Crazy. I I don't understand how the coyotes lost this other than you're never going to win when you're down guys all night. St. Louis went 0 for 7 on the power play. That's not only impossible, but early in the game, about the the 9.07 mark or something like that, there's a power play for St. Louis. And then we pick up another penalty like 10 or 15 seconds into the power play. So St. Louis is on a five on three for well over 90 seconds, almost two full minutes. Coyotes break it. Coyotes kill it. It was phenomenal. And anytime that happens, man, the momentum. It's like, here we go. Now we're back five on five. Here we come. And every time the Coyotes picked up amazing momentum on their penalty kill, Boom, they put somebody else in the box. So the seven penalty kills, even though it's fantastic to be 0 for 7, oh my gosh, can somebody put the biscuit in the basket and be able to take advantage of this? 
And all they did was just create another penalty, create another penalty. So it'll be interesting to see. They take on Nashville Saturday, and I just wanted to throw the, throw them a plug because they're actually about a 500 team. And this is one of those Gary Bettman road trips in which they have a five-game road trip in which every game's in their division, and they're a long ways away, okay? Gary Bettman struggles in geography. Uh, have you ever heard uh, – Jeff Weir's from Tennessee. Have you ever heard of the uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Jeff Weir production? Yes, been there many times. Oh, good, good. Uh, and I know you've done the drive to uh, to come from Tennessee to Arizona. Yes. How, was that drive what, about an hour, uh, two hours? 23 hours. 23 hours. Yeah. Well, I, I would assume it wouldn't take that long to cross the Tennessee-Arizona border. <laughs> that Arizona-Tennessee border it does. Oh, I see. Because Gary Bettman, we're nowhere near Tennessee. So why are we in the same division? Would you like to know the Winnipeg Jets are in our division, if you're wondering? Winnipeg. I mean, Gary, that's dumb. Las Vegas, that's too far. L.A. and Anaheim, that's too far. We can't be in their division. Let's go Winnipeg-Nashville. There you go, Gary. So we've got this five-game road trip in our division, and we're gone forever, and it's a long trip to a uh, long travel to uh, to get to these places and yet hey 0 for 7 on that's a fantastic penalty kill but you still didn't take advantage of it i want to see whether the wear and tear of this trip adds up so i really would have liked to have that win against st louis to uh start the trip that rants in there anytime you want it by the way that my my anti-central division coyotes rant if we had ownership of any kind of strength and this isn't a rip necessarily on Morello because this happened a while ago, but the Barraway years and then even the Gary Bettman years when he's in a sense the owner, it was just coyotes. Listen, we've bailed you out time and time again. So if we're going to keep bailing you out, you're going to be our pawn. So we're not going to argue with Seattle or we're not going to argue with other teams. We're going to say, you know what? Colorado's not far. Denver's not a bad flight, so we're going to put you in that division. Well, wait, Nashville's in that division. It's all right. Colorado's right here. Well, how often are we going to play Colorado? You'll go up there once or twice a year. So we've got 41 road games. One or two is going to be close in our – yeah, sure, you're all right. Like I said, whenever you want that rant, it's, a, it's right there. Let's do some ASU. I don't even know what I have left from Kenny Dill- do I have any Kenny Dillingham left from the week that I didn't play yet we've got two from Kenny Dillingham let's uh let's play I don't care which one play one of them and I I want to talk about what UCLA is going to bring to the table you know what I could have said oh yeah it's huge I mean we got I mean, we had a true freshman walk off on putt return that's awesome that's unbelievable last week you know we have guys working right now we have a guy in the in the top seven True freshman walk on in our talk seven up front. And those things are unbelievable experience for those kids to get those reps early. Uh, and it's only going to make us better in the future. Um, but for me, I'm worried about right, the right now. I'm not worried about the future until the future comes. I'm worried about how can we be the very best this week? How can we be the very best today? It's not about just building for the future. It's we want to build for the future, but I also want to freaking win. So we're going to do everything we can to win the football game, put our players in the best position to win. Also knowing, by default, the future is getting built at a little bit faster rate because of, you know, the unfortunate injuries. We'll do versus Vegas in a, in a little while, but I admit I want to look up something that really, really interests me, and I admit it's from a gambling perspective. Wow, look at that. 
U of A is a 10.5-point favorite over Colorado. U of A fans, I am so impressed with Jed Fish, okay? You know, I don't like U of A, but I, I love both of their head coaches of men's basketball and football. And I, I'm a big fan of Jed Fish. Let's play one of the Jed Fishes, but I got to tell you, this is the type of game after the schedule Colorado has had that you have a letdown. Let's see what Jed's talking about. Getting ready for really good opponent this week on Saturday. Done watching all the film yesterday. Uh, met with our players. Nothing's changed uh, in regards to our schedule. So uh, player day off today. Practice in full pads tomorrow and go from there. Um, guys are looking forward to <clears throat> an opportunity to go to Boulder. Uh, play a lot better than we did uh, when we were there a couple years ago. And then, uh, you know, see how good we can get. Kind of boring, I admit, but I thought you might want to know the week. And then I realized that was from Monday and I didn't get to it early enough in the week. So now you know what the week was for U of A. I'm glad I'm here for you. I'm here all week. I... I l- I really am interested in this game because this is the first time in U of A's Jed Fish history where they're clearly the better team on the field and they're clearly the favorite and they're clearly playing good football and it's easy to go, okay, first unranked opponent we've played in a month and we've now hit the goal of being a bowl eligible. Kids have letdowns on a game like this. This is a great fulcrum point of the program to see where they're at. Um, so I can't, I, I'm actually excited to talk about U of A uh, coming up on Monday. All right, coming up next, Steve McCollum's going to join us. We've got versus Vegas as well. I'm interested to see if Steve thinks the Cardinals have a chance. He's a season ticket holder. He'll probably be going to the game. Falcons and Cardinals, that's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about... 25 years ago, he got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally, we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. Coming up in a little less than 20 minutes, you will have Steve McCollum, Dale Ellistray, and uh, Steve, you might not know this. Well, you know that the main event is coming up, but you might not know this. (laughs) A a free plug for Dale Ellistray happened uh, this uh, yesterday. At the Arizona Rattlers ribbon cutting, oh. Kevin Guy got up onto the uh, onto the microphone and said that uh, his wife Kathy was worried why why Dell Hellestray kept calling Kevin all the time, and it just so happened a member of the city government in Glendale was named Dale, and she was confused on who was calling all the time. So Dale was there at the ribbon cutting and got a free shout out for. Him. 
Dale Hellestray was at the river yes, cutting? Yes, and so was the other Dale. But oh. Dale, Dale Hellestray got a free plug. But it was kind of entertaining because I'm Dale... Confu- I know, I'm confused. Dale came in his, uh, you know, in his, his typical uh, main event garb. So he decided, I'm going to sit as far away as I can. Yeah. And yet still got called out by the head coach. Yeah, well, good for him. He deserves it. He oh, needs yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. He needs the, uh, he needs the, uh, the pub and everything. He's just, <laughs> you know, he's quiet. He, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. He's Are probably... He's probably nervous for uh, his high school boys playing last night so mm. how did that go do you know now uh, yeah well yeah of course how do you not know they won i only got 753 texts that they won last night from some <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> i had I, I i didn't want to make the assumption i never want to uh assume how are you <laughs> yeah i'm good how are you feeling about a season ticket holder how are you feeling about cardinals falcons on sunday uh, i feel i feel the way i felt all along about this cardinals team um you know look there's some excitement in the air there really is uh you know uh, yeah. you know ethan usually i have to be like hey you're going to the game on sunday you go to the game on Sunday. Monday, he was like, if Kyler plays, I'm going to the game on Sunday. Uh, a lot of uh, his friends have a lot of uh, excitement about this game because everybody wants to see what Kyler's going to do. Exactly. And when you look at Atlanta being up and down and things like that, and I don't know, do you get excited about the other team? I, I would really like to see Bijan Robinson live. Yeah, well, yes, uh, on that point, yes. Generally, that's all you can get excited about is, hey, I got to see Baltimore. I got to see Joe Burrow. <laughs> that's where your excitement comes from, right? <laughs> Uh, but look, the, the the Falcons are not using uh, Robinson at all properly. Uh, and even their head coach came out the other day and did a five-minute monologue on why he doesn't use them in the red zone. And everybody, when he got done with that five-minute monologue, went, so why are you not using your best player in the red zone? Yeah. Especially with even though I I love passing in the red zone. The only way passing in the red zone works is if they have the fear of God of your running <laughs> yeah. game. You know, and he's so dynamic. I, I think know. the other day you called him Barry, Barry, uh, Wa- you know, Barry. No, Barry, I almost said Barry White. Uh, <laughs> Barry Sanders esque. Barry Sanders <laughs> esque. Yeah. And I mean, that's the best way. I mean, earlier in the season with that overhead camera, they had shots oh, of him where he'd plant his foot, spin. We played it here on the main event all the time. And uh, guy's just so dynamic. And he knew he would be. And they're just misusing him. And it's just disgusting. And Arthur. Smith. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, the uh, the point I made yesterday is I, I there's so many other things Barry does that I think are better than Bijan, but the one where I really get is their breaks. Yes. They they just they stop yeah. so much more under control and like the average play like the average human we probably need about three or four <laughs> steps to well, stop well you see that with the defenders and yes, even, even his yes. own offensive players are like we're, we're like i saw one where he stopped did a rotation went one way and then went back the other way again and there was like two offensive linemen that were looking around like yes yes he was right behind yes, me where'd he go yes kyler's got good breaks but for him he has has a subtle jab fake more than any other person I've ever seen. When he does yeah. that boom like that, that little twitch yeah. that everybody reacts to, and he's hardly moved. Yes. But you're now out of position, well, and, and he's gone. I think a lot of that comes with the speed, right? Because yes. you got to respect the speed side totally of it. Agree. So you're like, okay, he's going to take off. Then when they hesitate, you're like, okay, he's not taking off. 
and then he takes off on you and you're just like well what just happened yeah uh, i mean it's things that you and i can't relate to right <laughs> I know, yeah, you uh, you have that right once the wheels i'm not fast but once they get rolling they ain't stopping yeah, get either. out of my way exactly uh i need the wall to stop while ice skating so tell me about y- your feelings on my opinion i don't have the courage to pick it either way arizona a 10 11 point favorite on the road at Colorado because I don't want to say I trust Colorado but this is the exact game as you're building a program where a team historically falls on their face you're 100% correct but I'll even go a step farther last week was the week that a team like Arizona traditionally will falter the third big game they they played they played two top 10 teams right. you know when they played them SC and Washington really close they should have beat SC uh, and then and then they go into that third game against you know UCLA who's not very good that's the one where you generally will fall on your face they did not do that I will tell you this I am firmly believe that Fafita is the game changer on this team and uh, they go up call it they they will dominate this wow. game you know? I like your I like I wish I had your conviction because yeah, I, well, I do love Jed Fish and Fafita it's actually very little to do with Jed Fish I'm not going to lie to you if it was uh, Delora or any other quarterback in there I would say this could be the meltdown okay. game but uh, it's that quarterback man he is dynamic yeah he is. he is special, and uh, it, it doesn't matter. He, he's just going to go out there and dominate. Now, the weather's a concern, you know, uh, absolutely. How do they react in that? See a lot of the California kids going up to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, and then that defensive side, you might have to score more points uh, coming into this. But I think their defense will get to uh, Shador a lot, and they're going to they're gonna win this game and cover that 10, 10 and a half. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you say that. I will never forget as the ASU sideline guy – Todd Graham gets ASU up to number six Mm -hmm. in the college football playoff ranking, and he refuses to let the players even talk about the cold weather weather of Corvallis. And I am actually literally fighting players for the heater on the sideline. (laughs) I'm thinking, you guys got a game. What are you worried about? Man, they they only cared about trying to stay warm and not hitting Oregon State in the face. To me, that's a failure on the coaching staff. I agree. You got to set them up for that and mentality. If you don't let them talk about it, then it hits them in the face and they don't know how to react. So you got to say, hey, we'll have heaters here. We'll have heaters here. Yeah. If you need them, stay warm. That type of stuff, you know, because you got to set the players up mentally. I'm with you. I'm with you. versus Vegas. Steve McCollum, one last question. Just simply, what's coming up today on a Friday edition of the main event? Uh, a lot of football, and oh my God, I cannot wait for the Suns in-season tournament to start tonight. I need to get a replica picture, wall size of that court at my house, because uh, it'll probably, in my house, it'll beautify my house, but any other house, it'll uglify it. What is the NBA doing? With Have you carpet? seen the Lamar Jackson carpet? Have oh, you seen that? That was fantastic. Well, yeah. I'm going to buy for you for Christmas the Phoenix Suns floor carpet. <laughs> so you're going to be able to have it in your home, my friend. It is the ugliest. I don't know what the NBA is doing. I don't know. And look, if the young kids, for the young kids, if the young kids like these floors, God help us. This country's going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> 
So coming up, hell with Steve McCollum on the main event of trying to save us from the forces of evil like bad courts. That's coming up in 10 minutes here on WTSMTV.com. Have a good show, Steve. All right, see ya. And have a good weekend as well once your show is over, of course. And then we go to Izzy on Sports from 10 to noon every weekday morning. Six hours. Please don't take that for granted. Six hours of local sports programming every weekday morning. The only TV station to do that in all of Arizona is WTSMTV.com. All right, versus Vegas today. Um, I I get nervous. I have six games. Well, I have five games that I like, but I have two wagers on one game that I uh, really, really like. Okay, number one, how did I do uh, last night? On one of the games, I kind of embarrassed myself. Milwaukee and Indiana both on a back-to-back. And I love the home team on a back-to-back. I love it. And what did I do? I broke that rule because I thought Milwaukee to Indiana is nothing. It's not that bad of a flight. I should have skipped that game. I didn't. I played it. I said Milwaukee will easily cover the three. Didn't say I loved it, but I still said they'd cover the three. Well, they didn't cover because they didn't win. Milwaukee lost by two on the road to the Pacers. And Tyrese Halliburton is a player that I went nuts for the Suns to draft. They didn't listen. He hits a three as the game winner. Oh, I was bent out of shape about that. And then the other game that I predicted, do you remember? Jeff Weir production, I'll put it on you. Do you remember my conversation yesterday with Brad Smith about the Bears-Carolina game? And he was intimidated by that low under. The total was 38 and a half. That's it. 38 and a half. If one team scores 20 and the other team scores 19, all you need is 20 to 19. And the game's an over. That low of an under. And I said, these teams are trash. Take the under. With the total of 38 and a half, Carolina lost... 16 to 13. Yeah! Not only was it under, it was nine and a half points under. These teams are so bad. And Carolina's only touchdown was a punt return. (laughs) The Bears' only uh, touchdown came off of a punt from the one-yard line or four-yard line that was returned to the 37. So the Bears only had a 37-yard touchdown drive. So there was only one touchdown drive in the game, and it was only 37 yards. The only other touchdown came on a punt return. (laughs) Those two teams are so terrible. So terrible. Good job, Chicago, though. They've got their first-round pick and Carolina's first-round pick, all because of Bryce Young. Boy, I hope that trade works out for you guys. How's C.J. Stroud doing? So I went one and one on the day yesterday. That puts my record at 120 or 1029, uh, 934 and seven. Here we go. Six games, five games, two and one game. Tonight, I like Buffalo on the money line against the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wilder on a uh, a back to back. Vegas is so much better than San Jose. San Jose's awful. And San Jose is on the back end of a back-to-back. So they set the line. The puck line is all the way up to minus two and a half. Usually every puck line in the world is minus one and a half. It's got to be a stinky game 
to get to minus two and a half. Steve McCollum, your Knights better do it. I love that game. Golden Knights not only win by three goals or more, but the total is over six and a half. All right? Now, that's a little, that's a scarier prediction there because it could easily be 4-1, 4-0, 5-1, and a team kind of shuts it down a little bit. I like both. I'm taking the over, and I'm taking the Knights to cover. So that game I've got two wagers on. With, I hate Michigan. I think they should drop the hammer on Michigan. But if there is anybody that can motivate a team and make it be us versus the world, and we've got limited opportunities to prove ourselves before they try to come in here, we're not going to let the blah, you know. It's Michigan. Michigan, four-point favorite on the road at Penn State. I don't want to mess with the points, though. I'll take the bad juice. I think it's like minus 180. I'll take the bad juice. I'm taking Michigan on the money line on the road against Penn State for two reasons. Harbaugh's ability to use this as motivation, and Penn State always chokes. They always choke. So I'm going to take Michigan. I like um, the Bengals to cover the 6.5 against Stroud and the Texans at home, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do I'm not doing it on the money line, but I'm going to do it. Cardinals are a two-point dog at home against Houston. I like that game a lot. Like it a lot. Let's go with that. Let's take the Cardinals and the two points. But you might like the Cardinals without the points because money line, you get plus 105. You get some positive juice on that. That's pretty good. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. The weather is gorgeous. Become a Whirlwind Plus member. Get the family out. Teach them golf. Learn golf if you don't know it. If Or just get started there. I'll even give you a number to call at Whirlwind and say, so you can talk to somebody that says, all right, we're going to help you learn the game. All right? It's worth it. It is so great. I, I almost raised my daughter taking her to play golf. And we have a great relationship. You learn your kids better that way. Think strongly about becoming a Whirlwind Plus member. If you're hungry today or over the weekend, Burrito Express, Rosati's in Chandler, Bell's Nashville Kitchen, 100 Mile Brewing Company in Tempe at Rural, and uh, Scottsdale Road and the 202. Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical for any of your water or heating needs coming up here in the near future. God bless America. The main event is up next. I'll see you on Monday.